All right, let's jump in. Um, we're going to look at the movie here. And I want to get to this scene. We've seen it a bunch already. And, you know, I ended class with it the other day. One of you must do this. And right there's the ring. That's this story. That's the movie. We gotta do it, right? We gotta deal with this stuff. One of you must do this. Alright, and he's looking at Pofril. Pofril's the one, I think, right? <laughs> He's asking you to do it. Yeah. No, you look like that. He's asking you to do it. No, I didn't say you look like that. No, I said he's. I said he's talking to you, elf, uh, elf boy. He's livened up a little bit. Yeah, if only you guys saw me the last week of high school. <laughs> you know why I have compassion. <laughs> My poor teachers <laughs> when I went here. So at least I made it. You're giving me a great time. You're keeping it lively. Keeping it real. Am I giving you a hard time, elf boy? No, I don't think it at all. You know what actually gave gave it away? Your heart was given away when I called you out and you actually stopped distracting everybody. That was awesome. See, it's the ones that don't stop. That's that's where I got to put the gloves on, which I can. No, no, we've been having a good time. We're good. Yeah, love, right? I mean, do you do you love me or no? Okay, see, so we're good. <laughs> I mean, you can have all the pickles in that jar. <laughs> it's a completion grade. You gotta do the work. Okay. I'll still kill you. <laughs> all right, let's jump in. He's saying we gotta do it. I'm trying to pull it off the screen into our lives. I find this is one of our more valuable lessons because it's actually one of those things that gets us way beyond school, way beyond the cinder blocks, way beyond just homework. It's the real stuff that if you're willing to let the metaphor sink in, it's the type that you can carry with you beyond high school. Fair enough? So I'm gonna take block day, it's our last block day. Woot woot, nice job making it through high school. Hopefully, right? I know, it's crazy. Um, so let's uh, let's lean in. I'm going to open with prayer. I played that song at the beginning of class, More Than Conquerors, and I let the whole thing play. Right? Because when we're faced with this kind of stuff, these crazy issues in our culture and society and even families, and if we don't have the courage, if we don't understand the truth that in Christ we can actually have victory, it's overwhelming. You get the Boromir meme. You, one does not simply walk into Mordor. Like we just were so overwhelmed by it. But with Christ, we actually have chapel, hashtag hope, right? So let me pray. Lord, thank you for this class. Thank you for high school students and uh, just the journey that we're all on. Thanks that I get to be here. And I, uh, I pray that you would bless our efforts here to make this real and authentic and to connect with our lives. I also pray that some of us would even get inspired. Um, guide us towards truth. Guide us towards your understanding of how you see things and help us to be willing to take that world view. Um, I also pray that some of us would 
really learn how to carry this stuff beyond the classroom. Um, that it's not just a grade or a homework assignment, that we're really starting to see our lives as journeys and that you really are an amazing author. Thanks for your grace. In your name, amen. I almost just prayed for you during the prayer, but I didn't know if it would work. So, <laughs> Would it have worked? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know if I would have offended you. Would it have offended you? I didn't think so. I could have done it. I'd be like, he'd be with Poeful today. Does he really? Before he does his sermon sometimes, he'd be like, you know, I just got Do you like that, though? How do you feel about that? I'm, like, used to him. Yeah. He, like, always tells stories about us. Yeah. He doesn't bother to drop out the names. Oh. Yikes. Did he ever tell the trampoline story? Just a few. Just a few. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, bless you on being a pastor's kid. That's its own journey, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. All right. So let's get this stuff out here. What are some of the rings we need to destroy in our lives, in our culture? We got one over here. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Large group discussion. We have a student sharing. Let's go. Bring it back in. That's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. I I think I think what we realize is that the symptoms of the culture are attached to sins, if that makes sense. So porn is a problem, but it's attached to lust, right? Um, we've got corporate sprawl, corporate greed. It's really attached to personal greed. Fair enough. So I think that's what uh, last class we started realizing is. We were listening to all these things that ended up just getting it brought right back to these bigger issues that are really just sin in our world. Fair enough? Yeah. And what do we got to do? I mean, if we don't destroy that sin in our own lives and in our world, it does what to us? It destroys us. It brings death. Right? So I think that's the main metaphor. So nice work. Go team. Right. How about some of those sins? Though? Let's make it specific. Like last class, we had a really intense talk. It ended up going on for like 20 minutes. We don't have to do that about gossip at Wheaton Academy. Is it getting better or worse? Are we, are we getting on top of that and we're starting to get rid of it at WA? No, they were concluding that we're not even close to getting on top of it or navigating it. You can throw stuff off the chairs. So. Um, and talking about how it gets worse. Oh, there you go. And just realizing like if we don't, if Wheaton Academy culture, which we have the mature culture, if we don't deal with that as a culture, and it keeps getting worse. What would gossip? What can gossip do to a healthy, trusting culture? It really, truly can destroy it. People kill themselves or kill other people over gossip. Paul rates it right next to like uh, adultery. <laughs> like it's powerful stuff. It's really toxic. So I think that's a legitimate one. So ready? Who wants to do it? Who wants to take on gossip at Wheaton Academy? How's that going to go? We're going to destroy gossip at Wheaton Academy. Who's got it? You got it. It's not easy though, because if you try to do that, then what if, like, you, for example, if you see two people talking about another one, yeah. and you like try to intrude upon it, yes, yeah. like it's gonna be awkward because yeah. it wasn't your conversation. Yeah. So easy or hard? What? What is? He Borm is like, you can't just walk into Mordor and drop the ring in there. This is really what? Really hard. So wait, who's gonna do it though? 
we do have to define Gaza. You're right, and that's that's going to be part of the whole process. We got to define what the problem is. We got to figure out what the boundaries are. We got to get, we've got to figure that out, right? So how about maybe you're not going to do it? Why college? You're going to just destroy gossip at the college you go to. Who's got that? No, no one's okay. It's like, but thought, like, see the point here? It's like, if no one's going to raise their hand and no one's going to do it, then will it ever go away? Why? Why is this so hard? What is he? What did he just say before this scene? It needs to be the ring needs to be destroyed. Where? At its source. So if we're going to talk about greed or gossip or porn, lust, where's the source of that? Where's the source of that issue? Not some mountain somewhere. It's what? It's a human heart. So if we're going to stop gossip or stop greed, we're going to have to get to where? People's hearts. Easy or hard? <laughs> Holy cow. Super hard to get to the source. Why do you think Tolkien has this set up as some massive, huge, epic journey to get to the source of the problem? Like if we want to deal with abortion in our culture, which I'm not going to start a huge half hour debate on abortion, but if we want to get rid of abortion, we can't just blow up the abortion clinics. We've got to get to the source of why people do abortions. Easy or hard? That is so complex. You have to deal with it. But it's still worth doing, right? It'd be great. All right, what are some other ones that you guys could maybe put a finger on or that we can put out here on the table that we've got to deal with? Idealizing. Hmm? Idealizing. Oh, how so? Putting, putting stuff over people, right? Yeah. Making, making your own identity more important than people around you, making your job more important, making your reputation more important, your Facebook page more important, any of that kind of stuff. And that's, in the Old Testament, that's what they called idolizing something. And I like how you said, the way that you put it, uh, framing that out is the, uh, the ideal, right? So, good. That's Take that out. We're going to take out all the ide ideology and idolism in our culture. Who's got it? You saw the Old Testament is half the, just trying to do that in the land of Canaan was hard enough. I know. It's really, really hard. And that's, I think, I appreciate a student or two saying that during this discussion. Because what do they realize in this movie? This is what? This is basically impossible. But we still need to what? We still got to try. We still got to do it. Uh, we had a student during fifth period raise their hand and say, technology, like our phones and our computers. Hey, have fun changing the world. <laughs> if, hey, are we in control of our phones and our computers, or are they in control of us? I wonder. Does that make sense? Like, how are we doing with that battle? And if we don't, if, how about this? If we don't get on top of phone issue and social media issue, if we don't get on top of that, what could happen in another 20 years of this? Yeah, someone first period just said, we're all just getting dumb. 
humans are just becoming stupid because we're depending so much on technology and not our own brains. I thought it was interesting comment. I don't know if I agree or not, but it's just an interesting comment, right? Yeah. I do think there are examples of uh, of rings hmm? where people are trying to take them on, like disease. Maybe? Yeah, I was just gonna say polio was horrifying, and some dudes like let's figure this out, and did they? Basically, right? Which is pretty sweet. Black plague. You know, you could think of poverty. We're not there. But our world is not as poor as it used to be, at least. But we said, like, wouldn't it be great to just eradicate poverty? It'd be awesome, right? So there are rings that people are trying to destroy, which is fabulous. I know Wheaton Academy students currently and from the past who, would, who are joining the fight against sex trafficking. I'm like, yeah, let's get that thing out of here. Like, we got to get that done. Horrifying that my, my daughter's growing up in a world like that. It's just, ah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. I wasn't lingering to see if that one would come up, but all eight sections of philosophy class this year have brought up that concept of judgmentalism. Every single class brought it up. Makes me wonder if there's a problem at WA. Maybe it's bigger than WA. It might be. It's almost like our reputation. I call it, maybe you heard me talk about it on Friday, but it's that religious spirit. We think we're so morally superior than others. We use morality to create a superiority. It feeds our ego, and then we judge those who mess up. Right? It's brutal. I mean, Jesus came against that with a whip. So It's hard stuff, but we, we do it. Who's going to take on judgmentalism? Who's got it? The whole world. we got to get rid of it off the planet. Well, who's got it? No? So I go down to St. Francis and ask a senior there. You got it? No. Oh, come on. Paul, I was like, yeah, kind of go, a, dude. It's kind of the opposite, actually. Go for it. Um, I mean, I feel like, like not to be like a Debbie Downer. No, go for it. Like, I just feel like it's not possible to totally eradicate any of these things. Well, that's, that's what they're going to say. That's the next 30 seconds of this is Boromir does what? Are you kidding me? We can't just go into Mordor and drop a ring in the lava. We got Sauron, we got orcs, we got trolls, we got ring race. There's, this is impossible, right? So, no, you're not being a Debbie Downer. Huh? I'm not comparing you to him. I'm just saying, that's true. You wouldn't do that. But I think it's natural because they all start arguing about this issue. It's overwhelming, right? So we have two options. One is, Give up yeah. and not do anything, or I don't see a problem in trying. Exactly. I'm there you go. Like trying, like you know, trying to stop it, but yeah. I'm totally like completely over forever. I don't think that's capable for no matter how many people we have. Well, you well, we have, have we have God, so can we do yeah. it? But I don't think like, of course, I don't know, you know, what God's up to, but I don't know if that's necessarily is not for a while. Well, I was just going to say, at some point, it will happen. Right. Big white horse, big horn in the sky, you know, at some point. But if the, if the prayer is, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, and he's teaching us as his disciples to try and bring that kingdom in, 
hopefully there's at least some hope that it can happen. Otherwise, it's a futile mission. Like, it's almost kind of cruel. Yeah? But yeah, I know, I know your heart. At least we're trying. Yeah? But it, it definitely, the odds seem stacked against us. Especially in the current state of the world. Fair enough. Good. I think we got to where we needed to with this discussion. So we keep going? So in light of everything there, I'm hoping that we got it out of the fantasy story into our real story, which is hopefully like that one, a fantasy story that has possibility, has potential. So here we go. One does not simply walk into Mordor. There it is. It's like gates are guarded by more than just orcs. There is evil there that does not sleep. And the great eye is ever watchful. It is a barren wasteland. Right? Riddled with fire, ash, and dust. The very air you breathe is a poison. Yeah, this world's a pretty dark place, isn't it? There's real evil. There's real corruption. Have you heard nothing, Lord Elrond has said? There's wars. The ring must be destroyed. Free, I suppose you darkness. think you're the one to do it's it. What? And if we fail, what then? Yeah, what happens if we fail? What happens right. when Sauron takes back we what die. I will be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf. I think here's the key. Who's sick and tired of maybe all the adults arguing about how to do this stuff? Right? We have people who are politically arguing. The adults are arguing. The denominations are all arguing, and all these all these powerful people are just doing what? Arguing about a solution instead of what? Doing it, right? And all the time we're getting more and more hopeless. There's more and more despair. The enemy's laughing at us. What was that? Amidst all the banter, amidst all the arguing, amidst all the leaders and the powerful people arguing, what does Tolkien have here? What What was I asking today? Hey, anybody want to do it? We get this little voice of some little hobbit from some little place in the Shire. He says, fine, I'll do it. And actually, here's the key to the story. He what? He does. He does it. Like, I think that's what's crazy. You got Jesus saying, hey, anybody want to change the world? And these fishermen, rejects in society back then, are like, we'll do it. We'll give it a try and actually do the disciples, in many respects, change the world. I mean, our school's impacted by 2,000 years ago, some people saying yes to God. We wouldn't be here having this discussion right now or studying this piece of literature if those disciples hadn't have said yes. Yep, and I think it's interesting why, and Peter Jackson nails this, why small, why hobbit? It's interesting, he's actually, I think he's a 33, so he's not a teenager, but what does this hobbit concept represent as a metaphor and a symbol? People in the culture who are undervalued, underrated, and misunderstood, which I think in a lot of respects, that is teenagers. It's actually why I like teaching high school. Like, I like my job. I like doing this because I know how powerful you guys are, how creative you are, how inspired you can be. And actually, to be really blunt, a lot of you still have hope. 
A lot of the adults I talk to don't. I actually think that's why Jesus hung out with the teenagers. Is there still some hope? Maybe. Right? So Pharaoh's like, I'll do it. Now, does this dude, ready? Here's the key. I'm going to do like three metaphors here. But here's the key. Does he have a business plan and a board of trustees? No. Does he even know where Mordor is? No. Does he have a big group to help him? No. Does he have a plan? No, no, no. Does he have all his fundraising support letters out there? No. I, again, a lot of your stories that you're studying have these great moments in them. I'm very partial to Tolkien for this reason. For Frodo, it starts with what? I'll do it. It starts with the willingness, not the plan. Not It's not like I got it all figured out and then now I'm willing. For Tolkien, it starts with being willing and then what's the next, the next 30 seconds here? My bow, my axe, they all jump in to support him. I think it's intriguing. I have very real examples of this. Many of you have already done this. I'll do it. I'll figure it out. And some of you were willing to raise your hands on some of those. I sometimes get students who are like, fine, I'll take it on porn, or I'll take it on poverty, or I'll take this stuff on. I'll get a few students. And uh, I think it's great. These are real issues. Someone's got to do it. It's your generation. If it's not the students from one of the best schools in the country, then who, who's going to do it? <laughs> Hopefully it's somebody who's going to say yes to some of this stuff. I remember... Uh, a young lady named Sarah Ollie. Does anybody know the Ollie family? They live just right over the road here, and their kids all went through here and came through my classes. And Sarah Ollie was so fed up with sex trafficking that she's just a Wheat Academy student. Who's like, I got, I'm sick of it. I want to do something for it. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what to do. I want to do something, right? And she did. But here's the thing is, she carried the burden of it. She said yes to dealing with it. And anybody ever bought anything or heard about this amazing company called Hand and Cloth? It's, look it up, Google that if you're gonna be on the internet right now. It's beautiful. They, and what she does is she helps women get jobs with giving them sewing machines and they use recycled material to make these beautiful Kanta blankets and these beautiful items that are sewn and they're sold over here and it's a real job and it's real money and it really helps them get out of sex trafficking. Does Sarah Ollie have any idea how to put a business together or not-for-profit together? No. But she said yes and she had people who would take photographs, people would help her with a business model, people who helped her with videos, people who helped her build a website, people who paid for her to fly over there and meet these people, people that like, she said yes and does God have money? <laughs> Does God have resources? Does, is God linked in? Now, does he have connections? Yeah. He's looking for what? Willing people. That's what. You don't have to have it all figured out, for crying out loud. Who does? And do you have to do it alone? No. But are you willing to say yes to fighting evil? To that relationship with him that takes you on an adventure to do something like this, like Frodo right now in this moment? Here we go. He says yes. I'll take it. You say yes? I wonder how God will surprise you. I will take the ring to Mordor.
Who's gonna help? Matt Hockett's gonna help him out. Isn't that great? The dude's a wizard. I know it. And look, Jeff Brook, gonna help. Pretty cool. That's great. Hair extensions. And then you got right here. The king of Middle Earth is gonna kneel down and help him. And you got Luke Regan, gonna help out. Sean McCallum is gonna help him. You know, and what was that? Get Musso, powerful fighter. Or maybe it's Ben Sawyer, I don't know which one. He's a warrior. This is indeed the will of the council. And Gondor will see it done. Hey, you get your best friends gonna help you. Nate Lehman's gonna help, right? Perfect. No, indeed, it is hardly possible to separate you even when he is summoned to a secret council. Yeah, sneaky. And Mary Pippin, and who are they? Right? Loyal friends anyway, who bring levity and humor, sort of companionship. Thank you. You are the Fellowship of the Ring. Let me take a few more minutes to do a few more layers of the metaphor, and then we'll go kill a Balrog. But this is where I get, I get out of the seat. I'm a little more passionate about this, because when I was in high school, this one, and the churches in the area, and my youth pastors and some of my teachers, there was this weird, strange focus where they would have stopped and said, how come you all didn't raise your hands? Come on, let's all raise your hands. Let's go. And almost a guilt and a pressure that we all have to be a photo, or we should all be leading because we all are Aragorns and we're all leaders. And I felt that pressure for so long. Fortunately, I kind of am a leader, and so that helps. I don't know if I'm a Frodo. I don't really see myself as someone who carries the burden of something, right? But I want to like cut that off right now. I'm actually kind of glad that some of you didn't raise your hands. Actually, in this class, I think there was maybe one person who kind of put a hand up. Fine. Good, you're not Frodo's. Okay, don't be Frodo's. First period I had six people like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe you guys are more like a Frodo, right? I think that's the key to this, is Tolkien says it's the fellowship of the ring. This is 1 Corinthians 12, body of Christ, and our spiritual gifts, and those different types of things that lean into this. But I think it's really important. Like, if you're not a Frodo, don't be a Frodo. Some of you are way more like an Aragorn. Be a leader. You're not going to carry the burden of it. Actually, you shouldn't. You're not designed to do it. Right? I know some people who could not carry the burden of trying to take on sex trafficking. Way too heavy, way too personal. It would just wreck them. But they could definitely go and like create a cool poster or handouts or write a paragraph. Maybe they're writers. Or maybe they know business models and they can help set up a not-for-profit but they don't have to carry the burden of it. You know, I think the whole leadership thing often gets skewed. I like that we have massive project lead options here, but many of you signed up for project lead and now here at the end of it, you hated it. And so I'm glad you signed up for it and I'm glad you ended up hating it now in high school. And what should you not do anymore of? Like don't put yourself in a leadership position because you're not an Aragorn. If you're not an Aragorn and you're not a leader and you don't have that charisma, then don't be one. Right? There's plenty of other options. 
That's part of why I'm comfortable with us blowing it up and making it really big and let people sign up who really aren't leaders so that they can maybe learn that they're not. Fair enough? If some of you didn't sign up for it and realized, you know what, I should have, and you're an Aragorn, and you led without having to be on project lead, which is fine. Or maybe you should have. Or maybe in college you'll lead. Some of you are leaders. Actually, you know you're a leader when people are following you, even when you don't want them to. Fun, isn't it? <laughs> right. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but if you're a leader, be a leader. We need leaders. We need really good, solid leaders. If you're not one, don't. Don't do it. But some of you are Gandalf. Some of you are way smarter than me, right? Like brilliant mathematicians or scientists or chemists. Or some of you are like Gandalf just to understand the spiritual realm. Like my brother Ben, he has gifts of healing and miracles and signs and wonders and prophetic gifts. He's a total Gandalf. It's really cool to be around someone like that. We should have that in your group. If your group, your group does not have anybody with any spiritual connection and powers and miraculous stuff what are you doing you're totally missing out on having a Gandalf as part of your group or just get some genius in there at the very least right supernatural <coughs> intelligence is wonderful but some of you are Gandalfs and you haven't felt comfortable being a Gandalf in this culture like my brother didn't or maybe you do and you're having a ball with it some of you are like a Legolas you have incredible vision and wisdom you like beautiful things you like nature you can walk on snow, you know, like, whatever. You're really good at archery. Some of you are like a Boromir. You just give me a job and let me get it done. And you just, whoa, whoa, I'm just going to get it done. You're a fighter. You're a warrior. You're really strong. You'll carry the hobbits when they need to be carried. Some of you are like a Gimli. You're like a Josh Burek. You just love to make things, and you're awesome at it, and you love battle and strategy like Gimli, and you're chopping people off at the knees. Right? And just that heart of a dwarf who loves to build and make and create and engineer. Awesome. Be that. Some people like Sam. Like, I love this one. Sam, what does Sam do the whole time? In some respects, he cooks. We, God made it so we eat three meals a day. And some of you love to cook. So what should you do? Cook. <laughs> I like to eat good food. <laughs> Maybe if you like to make it. Like, some of you just have that. The Bible has a spiritual gift of hospitality. Cook. <laughs> Have a ball. He likes to cook. He likes to clean. He's a really good friend. He's really loyal. Sam, Frodo wouldn't have made it without him. He's a consummate servant. Some of us just like to be behind the scenes. I think of like a Rachel Burek, right? She just serves, 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 serves all day, every day without getting credit. She's amazing, right? And some of, like, some of you are Mary and Pippin, and you love it. And like, what do they add to the story, for real? Comedy. I, I think God wants us to laugh. <laughs> it actually scares the enemy when we're filled with joy. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so take Mary and Pippin out of the movies and out of the books. And what happens to the whole mood and tone of the epic? Yeah, right? I think that's actually one of Disney's geniuses. They have all those little comic characters, right? They got the chameleon, whatever. Like, they got... They've got those little characters that they slide in there to create that. And it's like that Mary and Pippin where it's the fun. We like to laugh. We like to have a good time. Right? Like, right? <laughs> if we're not having a good time, what are we doing? Right? We should be able to have some levity and hope and humor as part of the story. It's actually really powerful. I think of Furnace Company. And we, we like to laugh. It's really good. It's really healthy. It's really important. Fair enough? 
So as we layer out this story, we've got rings. We need some protos. Don't be a proto if you're not one. Actually, it's probably best to find out who you are. And are there more than nine? Of course. It's just a metaphor. It's an example. Think of all the spiritual gifts. Think of Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 with the body of Christ. But if you're a head, be a head. Don't be an elbow or an armpit. You know, like you just be your toe or your eye or your ear or whatever you are. Let me layer it out one more layer and then we'll head off to Moria. But here's the layer that I personally need to share. This is one where I got burned in high school. And this is where it's one of those where, for me, I see it. I've taught here 16 years and I just watch it year after year. What happens? When Sam goes, oh, well, uh, Legolas has the long hair. He's really cute. All the girls like him. And I like bow and arrows, too. So I think I'm going to try and be a Legolas. Could Sam be Legolas? No, he would suck at it. Like, he can't walk on snow, and he would really be bad at it. Plus, he's just not an elf. So what? Well, here's the tragedy. So do we get a second Legolas if he tries to do that? Not only do we not get a second Legolas, we lose who? We lose Sam. What if, Aragorn, what if Aragorn's like, I'm tired of leading. I don't want to lead. I don't like being a leader. So I'm going to be a Pippin. Can Aragorn be a Pippin? No, we lose our leader, and we don't gain another Pippin. Right? And you can see how this works. Gimli tries to be Gandalf. <laughs> they both have big beards. you know. Can Gimli be a Gandalf? No way. It won't work. We'll lose Gimli. We won't get another Gandalf. I think that's what I see so much of. Because what's valued in our culture, especially in North America, suburban, evangelical culture? Who gets all the big stars? The Aragorns and the Frodo's. And sometimes a Sam or two, right? And so what do all our parents and teachers and youth pastors, people push you guys towards? Well, you all need to be leaders. Or you all need to be a Frodo. And we'll honor those Sams that are out there. But what if you aren't any of those? And see, this is where I watch. This is where it almost breaks my heart when I see it. Is I watch people change how they look, change how they act, change what they study, change how they talk, because they're trying to be what? They're trying to be somebody else. And it's either A, they want to be somebody else because they don't like who they are, or they don't really know who they are, and that's sad. Uh, that's you. Come on. Figure out who you are and be who you are. One of the beauties of this story is they all like who they are, and none of them are trying to do this, the whole story. And they actually end up succeeding, and they end up becoming really good friends. So be who you are. The sad one, I can tell you a personal story on this one. That's why I want to share it. It started for me in high school and then off into college. My dad was a doctor. He was a pretty famous doctor, actually, and, and a really good doctor. And I liked biology. I had, I was with Ellis was my science teacher when I was here. And my brother Sam went off to be a doctor. And so when I went off to college, I was like, I'll be a doctor too. And actually it wasn't just that, it was they were pressuring me. Like, yeah, no, you'd be a good doctor. You could be a doctor. You could be just like dad. And so I got that pressure. And so I went off to college thinking I'll be a doctor. And once I started teaching and having opportunities to teach and connect with kids and connect with students and connect with adventure, I was like, I'm not sure I want to be one. I remember junior year of college, I went to the registrar's off office. I had changed my major seven times. <laughs> They're like, go away. <laughs> but 
I finally went in there. I finally changed it to teaching, teaching literature. And I remember calling my mom, and she cried. She's like, "Are you kidding me? You can always just fall back on teaching." Like, see, and my dad was really disappointed. He's like, "I thought you were going to be a doctor. Like, teaching? You're going to go? You're going to be a teacher? You're not going to make any money, or that's, there's nothing in that. There's no future in that." <laughs> like what? Like I, I think Jesus was a teacher. You know, like. I'm okay there, you know, and I love being a teacher. I probably would have been fine as a doctor on some level, but I just, it wasn't my passion. It really wasn't who I wanted to be. I think that often happens too, is you have parents or people or culture saying, you've got to be this, or you think you need to be this for these reasons. It's really sad. And if I had tried to be my dad, could I be my dad? No. And we would lose who? Mr. D. I wouldn't have been Mr. D. I would have been Dr. D. That was my dad was Dr. D, right? So I would lose that. And for a while there I tried to be C. S. Lewis. Did, did that work? <laughs> Sorry, no. Or I tried to be Tolkien. Uh, no. <laughs> I need to be who? I need to be me. Right? And I found a lot of freedom in that and a lot of joy in it. Other thoughts, comments, or questions? Thanks for listening, but I wanted to throw those layers out there for this scene to get those rings. And then also hopefully to inspire you to be you on the journey and to figure that out sooner than later. Fair enough? Thoughts, questions, comments? All right. Thanks for listening. Here we go. So be it. You shall be in the fellowship of the ring. We'll get to that in a second. All right, I gotta cue that up. Um, we're gonna take a little break, a stretch break. If you have to go to the bathroom, stretch your arms, legs, move around, get a drink, whatever you gotta do, and then we're gonna go kill a Balrog. All right, for the rest of class. Thanks for listening to that lesson, and we got plenty of time for the Balrog lesson. So I'm gonna cue up the video for the next lesson, and just give you guys a chance to stretch and move around. So here we go.